Welcome to this episode of the Vestal High School Principals Podcast Series with your host, High School Principal Cliff Casson. Vestal High School is a New York State reward school offering international baccalaureate, advanced placement, project lead the way pre-engineering, and fast forward courses. We are the Vestal High School Golden Bears, a place where learning thrives, a cornerstone of intellect and inquiry through a supportive academic environment hinged on preparing students for a very complex and changing world. And now, our featured presentation. Welcome to the Vestal High School Golden Bears Principals Podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. Clifford Casson, Principal of Vestal High School. Today, I am honored to be joined by members of our English department, our department chair, Mr. Jeff Dunham. Uh, one of our other members is Mr. Pete Malays and Mr. Steve Marson. Also, we have Ms. Tio Yaiko. So, welcome to the show, and we're really uh, happy that you're here today. Thank um, you. Thank definitely. you. And so today we're going to be talking about what inspired you to be English teachers and what, how you became English teachers and what was the inspiration behind that. All right, Mr. Casson, uh, I'll start. Uh, this is Mr. Dunham. And I think for me, uh, I think back on how, how much I enjoyed literature in high school and, uh, you know, stories of characters facing great challenges and, you know, how, how those kinds of things perhaps helped me with challenges in my own life. Uh, and that coupled with a desire to help students with their critical thinking skills and with their writing, other things that also always interested me. Uh, those were two big motivating factors for me. I know there were some really standout literary pieces that, that also really inspired me to uh, want to pursue this and want to read those works with students and to hear those works sometimes in their voices and to have uh, long, uh, interesting conversations about the themes that came up in them. So I, you know, that's just a way maybe of introducing it and, uh, you know, I'll let my, uh, my colleagues here introduce themselves. Okay, I'll go next. This is Mr. Malays, try to keep it short. Um, I was reflecting on this topic before we started today and I come from a family of educators. My mom was a teacher she taught fourth grade for 30 plus years and often had me in her classroom interacting with the students when I was younger and so I got a taste for teaching but I never thought that I would be a teacher. I actually went to college for journalism. I always enjoyed writing. I wanted to do something with writing, expressing myself through words um, and then it kind of hit me later on in college that it was teaching that I was, I was sort of meant for. I had two really inspiring teachers in high school, Mr. Duggan, Mr. Lacusa. shout out to them if they ever listen to this. Um, they really impacted me in, in such a positive way. It was the experience, the relationship I had with my fellow students, with my teachers in, in English that kind of formed me into the person that I am today. So I try to emulate that as a teacher with my students. Um, Coincidentally, when I was in high school, the movie uh, Dead Poet Society came out at the, yes. at the same time, simultaneously. So Robin Williams, um, in a way, was also one of my teachers in that movie. And I, I just love the, the impact that he had on those students in that film. I try to emulate that style as well in my own classroom. So in a nutshell, um, the literature helps. It's kind of the vehicle to build those relationships and get me to that point. 
Um, but that's sort of what brought me to becoming an English teacher. This is Mr. Marson, and just like Mr. Malays, I never really thought I'd be an English teacher until probably the 11th hour. But my story starts probably in seventh grade. I wasn't, wasn't the best English student or the best student of any subject. And I remember for a book report, we had to choose a book from a, a bookshelf in the library. And um, the teacher asked me if I had chosen my book, and I said no. And she said, well, you, bought a, you should go to the back of the room and choose one off the shelf. And defiant as I was, I just reached behind me. I was sitting in the back of the room and just blindly ran my fingers across the bookshelf. And the book I happened to pull off the shelf was Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> and when I got home that night, I think I finished it in one sitting. And what really opened my eyes about that book was a, a narrator who lived his whole life not really questioning his path or his decisions. And throughout the book, he starts to unravel and question everything he's done in this life and uh, why things are the way they are. And I guess it was kind of like a metaphor for my life in that I, from then on, I started to really think about who I was and what I was going to do with my life. And I think if I could choose a person who really led me on this path, it had to be my uncle. Um, uncle Michael, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for directing me to Ithaca College and really guiding me because you really knew that that would be a place where I would really find myself. And I'll pass the mic now to my other colleague. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Teal Yaiko and uh, I guess my path to becoming a teacher began very, very early. Um, I used to line up my dolls and my stuffed animals, <laughs> assign them homework, and uh, to my dismay, they never finished it. But um, uh, literacy and reading was always uh, highly esteemed and valued in my home. I remember my mom reading two or three books at one time, um, spending you know winter afternoons in our public library in a very small town and kind of going through the, the children's books and, and st spending so much time there that I would sometimes fall asleep in the stacks on the old newspapers <laughs> and just really enjoying um, being in that space with people who valued reading and stories and, and literature and that community. And um, I think some of my biggest influences uh, as far as high school uh, English classes were Mrs. Sai. She was a fantastic English teacher and Mrs. Fox um, very strong um, individuals, creative thinkers, inspired their students and spent time helping them understand why literature wasn't just important to, to read on a, you know, for the merits of figurative language or theme, but how it really applied to our lives yeah. and why we should cherish it. And I remember reading um, To Kill a Mockingbird for the first uh, time yeah. by Harper Lee mm -hmm. and absolutely fell in love with the storyline and loved Atticus Finch and just thought, what an inspirational figure, you know? Mm -hmm. What character, what determination in the face of adversity and that childhood story behind it, the brother and the sister just so enmeshed in each other's lives. I remember when I finished reading it, I actually cried. <laughs> I <Yeah>. sobbed. <laughs> and I, when I turned the last page, and here's, I was in ninth grade, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. where things like that probably would be picked on by my fellow classmates, but... I remember going to my father and saying, I have to have this book. I have to own this book. Right. And he bought it for me. And I actually have that copy still awesome. from really? ninth grade, yeah. and I teach from it. 
Um, that's great. So that's thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. Thank you for that. So yeah. Isn't it? Oh, these are great stories, just to listen to. And I say every podcast, I learn something new either about our school or the people that we, I work with here. And these these are really inspirational stories. And I couldn't help but thinking as you were talking about what uh, pathways that you took to get into becoming a teacher. I uh, very similar. I started uh, my career as engineering, and I was math and science and love that and I was tutoring people in physics and calculus and everyone's like oh my gosh you're better than my professor you're better than <laughs> why don't you and I always thought about it and how many of you spoke about people that inspired you high school teachers or family members so I went back to my high school because I had two great math teachers there and um, oh, Diane Hunt was one of them and Joyce Golden and I went back and visited, chatted with them, and said, hey, I'm thinking about switching from engineering to be a math teacher. And that was it, that sealed mm, the deal. Cool. And then I, uh, I went, to transferred to SUNY Cortland for my undergrad in mathematics. But mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's great, our pathways. And I, and I did hear a lot of this is inspiring students and allowing students <coughs> to become more critical thinkers. What do we do with that? And how do we get them invested in our, um, our field of study? And how do we motivate students? That's mm -hmm. what I'm hearing here. Yeah. That's that's yeah. great, and that's what it's all about. And that's where the dedication and the passion comes from. And, and students recognize that. And isn't it great <laughs> we talk about how we want to be the teachers that inspire those students because we look up to those teachers mm -hmm. and we carry our profession on. Yeah, yeah, it's really fantastic. I think in looking at, at characters, perhaps that um, got me thinking. I, as a also from a small town. Uh, there was one drugstore that had a rack of comic books, <laughs> and in an era when collecting and reading something like comic books was, was not in fashion, I was reading about these characters that were uh, questioning our place in the universe and, uh, you know, dealing with larger-than-life godlike characters, and, uh, you know, a lot of it was action, but a lot of, a lot of it was thinking as well. And I know when I think about Spider-Man and the idea of with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, some of the comic book characters, the better ones, were, were really wrestling with these big questions of mankind. And when you talk about um, motivating students and what are the, those big essential questions right. that really get them thinking, mm -hmm. these are the kinds of things uh, I was asking myself at the time. Mm -hmm and things that I felt like would really motivate students later on. And I, I did read Hamlet as a senior. And, uh, you know, some of the language, uh, some of the, the questions that Hamlet asks in the play, it's really a play of questions. I mean, um, not so much about finding answers, but, you know, trying to find our place in the world. And mm -hmm. um, if life is arduous and difficult, why do we, why do we put up with a difficult yeah. life? Right. Uh, wh why do we struggle and why do we continue on? And, and I think these are questions that, that all students have. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in looking at a literary work like this with such great beauty and such long descriptive passages that are so full of meaning and that have had uh, an influence on so many pieces of writing since you know the late 1500s, uh, I think students really marvel at this. And you know the difficulty of the language sometimes falls away and our study of the characters and maybe relating them to, you know, to some more modern characters dealing with the same kinds of issues. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think our challenge is always to make it relatable, to yeah. motivate. Um, I have my students always ask, why should we read this? What's, right. who yes. cares? What's the yeah. big idea? What's exactly. the point? And that's what we're trying to get at with each and every piece is the human being who wrote this story, this play, this novel, whatever it is, was trying to capture something about the human experience, mm -hmm. was trying yes. to show us something about ourselves holding up this big mirror, having right. us look at it, reflect, question, wonder, mm -hmm. predict, project, and we're doing that all the time. Right. And when you can get your kids to that point, then it's great because you're having yeah. this reciprocal back and forth. They're teaching you something that you exactly. didn't see, that you didn't notice, um, and it's just great. It just keeps on going. Every September when we have curriculum night and I get to speak to the parents who come in and mm -hmm. we go over the books we read, I always ask the question, how many of you recognize books that maybe you learned in high school and read in high school? Right. And there's always quite a few, like The Catcher in the Rye, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Lord of the Flies, and of course the, the Shakespeare works. And the question is always, why are we still reading the same things over and over and over again? In our department, we tend to update our curriculum quite a bit. We, we have a lot of freedom here. We have a great community where we get to introduce new works that could refresh the catalog, but we still go back to some of those works that are classic because they contain characters with flaws that we've had as humans since the beginning. Things that over time we've never really perfected. Flaws like um, like greed and jealousy and vanity and lust and ambition and characters who are constantly at battle with others but most importantly with themselves and while I don't go home and read Shakespeare to my wife, which many students <laughs> think I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's the ongoing joke. I go I'm home and I read Shakespeare aloud. <laughs> However, um, I get excited to teach Shakespeare every year because his works are instantly relatable to any day of the week, any year, right? And that's why he was genius. I'm certain he'll be relevant in all the years and centuries to come. Yeah. And to loosely paraphrase John Keating from Dead Poets Society, mm -hmm. what will your verse be right. to yeah. our students? What will you yeah. contribute right. that we all have a line or a verse to contribute? Exactly. And what will yours be? Yes. And letting them know that their voice counts and that their thoughts matter and that even though they may think these have been said before and thought before, there's always an opportunity to be that new voice and be inspired. And um, inspire others. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When many of you are listening, listing the books that you uh, that inspired you and that you enjoyed reading, I was just thinking back to Thornbirds. I remember yes. reading that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then when the movie came out, it's never the same, right? No. It, no. It, 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 it's I mean, pretty cheesy, actually. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Because there's so much in depth when you read that you can understand or relate to your own life or relate to something else, and you don't get that with the movie. And that that's yeah. what reading is so important. And I listen yeah. to you all talk, and we're looking at how do we teach students to become lifelong learners and to really focus on those other skills of trying to analyze text and then relate it to our lives and try to help us uh, propel our lives in, in, a, in a great fashion in the, in the way that we should uh, live our lives. Mm -hmm. 
So I, yeah, it's very important. Yeah, and there's many books that, uh, as you were talking, like, oh yeah, I read that one, I read that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. One of the neat things that I get to work with every year or discover every year is how many authors reference each other and how many films reference yes. other films. Mm -hmm. So many times we, uh, I think uh, English class and sometimes reading gets a bad rap in, in a high school because we think of it as something that only occurs in a classroom. Mm whereas the authors who wrote these works never intended to have their words read by millions of people in classrooms and Let alone teenagers. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps maybe some of them that was the last thing they wanted. However, we, we chose these works and something I tell my students every year is that great literature inspires life and life inspires great literature. Mm -hmm. And the two are constantly working together and creating something new. Yeah, literary analysis evolves over time, you know, and I think those are the great works that, you know, the secret is the author didn't know it at the time that he or she was writing it. And, you know, it, uh, um, depending on what's happening in the world, our, our views of things change. I mean, certainly... Uh, the context in which Shakespeare wrote was very different from today, but it is, I mean, I guess uh, some of these bigger ideas, truly visionary writers, uh, can connect with someone hundreds of years in the future, and I think that, you know, that kind of directs us to those particular things that we might choose. Yeah, even a work that is timeless will change with your life, depending on how old you are. So a piece that I read in high school, mm -hmm. I'm looking at differently now at my right. age, and right. then out 20 years from now, I'm sure, it'll take on new meaning for me, which is great. You could always revisit these works. Yeah. So as far as a book that inspired me, I don't know if you've ever even heard of this book, A Walk Across America by Peter Jenkins. Um, mm -hmm. I think I read it in seventh grade. It's about this guy who packs up a duffel bag and walks across America with his dog. Okay. And he basically camps out, he stays with people, crashes on couches, <laughs> and interviews most of Amer you know, most states in America, people that he encounters and these relationships that he forms. And I think having read that book, I wanted to do some sort of reporting. That's why I went into school for journalism. Um, but then the two merged, you know, the, the reading, the writing, and, and sharing, things like that, I think led to me becoming an English teacher. But I wanted to share that, that title with you yeah, guys, yeah. since you all mentioned the title. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, um, I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today on the, uh, you know, Vessel uh, High School Golden Bears podcast. And this is really a great conversation. Almost, I don't really want it to end, you know. But our, uh, yeah. we don't want our podcast to be too long <laughs> here. But um, so I'd really like to extend a, a huge thank you uh, to all of you for for being here and uh, for spending this time with me. And I know our listeners always get something out of this too. And that's the idea, right? To promote what's happening in our school, uh, let our students and our uh, school community get to know us. And because we have such a wonderful school here, and we just want to. Stand on the rooftops and shout, right? And that's, yeah. that's what this is all about here. So thank you for being part of it and, and for sharing everything. And to our guests here, um, to listening to this podcast, you know, be sure to tune in for future podcasts. And uh, you are listening to the Festival High School Golden Bears Principal Podcast. So until next time, go Golden Bears. <laughs>
This concludes this episode of Vestal High School's Principals Podcast. A special thanks to our guests for visits with us today. Be sure to tune in to future episodes as we continue to inform you of the exciting initiatives taking place here at Vestal High School.